Jane enjoyed playing with Irene, who was ebullient and good enough to make the match interesting. Was there a tense undercurrent today? Had Kevin told her his salary was being cut? Probably not, but Irene had to know he was worried. Jane's shoulders moved a little under her polo, a disdainful shrug. Too bad. Kevin should have done a better job. Some of the numbers for the marina shops didn't ring true. The tourist trade had picked up this past year, and that increase in shopping should be reflected in the income. Maybe Kevin had been diverting income into a fake account. Maybe she'd call in an independent accountant for an audit. Jane stood by her bag, estimated the distance to the green. She pulled out a five-iron. Tomorrow she'd float the idea of an audit. If he was skimming off the top, he'd be spooked, and then she'd know what to do. She assumed her stance, waggled the club, swung through, and felt a spurt of satisfaction as the ball landed about ten feet from the hole. She waited in the cart for Irene. Her pleasure in the afternoon was again marred by an eerie sense of something wrong. Was she disturbed by Kevin's possible dishonesty? Or the tension she felt in Irene? Or was her uneasiness caused by David's debts? He'd be livid if he knew Madeline had come to her. Or was she disgusted by Sherry's weak will when it came to that brooding hulk of a husband? Or was Tom's roving eye bothering her? Tom would have to choose. Did that pretty young girl matter more to him than his chance to star in galleries? Did Tom really want to be a starving artist in a seedy motel, give up a studio with the best supplies and lighting that money, her money, could buy? Jane was rarely introspective. She despised self-absorbed people. Life was too full of color and action to waste time thinking about those who easily took offense or indulged themselves in agonies of worry. She didn't tolerate fools. She expected those around her to maintain a decent front of good humor. As she told more than one person, nobody gives a damn about your feelings. Everyone around her knew that any drama queen or king would elicit a brusque, come off it. What excuse did she have? She'd never let anyone run roughshod over her, and she never would. So to hell with all of them. Her expressive mouth quirked in exasperation. Come off it, Jane. The wry self-admonition had no effect. Like a horse scenting a rattlesnake, she sensed that something around her was wrong. Some event in the last few days had jarred her. Had it been the expression on someone's face? the tone of a voice? She'd been uneasy ever since the night of the open house, a preview of the exhibition of Tom's paintings at an Atlanta gallery. Something was wrong. Frankie Ford smiled as she completed the sale, murmured thank you, and held the door as Mrs. Wilkins carried out her purchase. Frankie looked after her with a slight smile marveling at how even the most expensive fall casual wear did nothing for a dumpy figure. But Mrs. Wilkins was good-humored and a very much appreciated customer at Weiler Art Gallery. Very appreciated. 
Last year, Mrs. Wilkins had casually spent more than a quarter million for a Georges Braque painting. Today, she'd spent a mere four thousand for six watercolors by up-and-coming Pennsylvania artist Andy Smith. Someday, Tom's paintings would sell just like Andy Smith's. The thought was a little explosion of happiness. Like most explosions, the burst of color and sound quickly faded to nothing. Tom. Frankie walked slowly toward the back of the shop. She needed to crate a collection of low-country art to ship to a villa near Florence. A nice twist on art traffic. She was always careful and methodical in her work. Paintings she crated would arrive intact. Maybe she could focus her mind, push away thoughts of Tom. Angrily, she reached up and wiped away hot tears. That's all she did these days.